Hey, Big Y listeners, as our reporting team continues digging into your questions with some time to enjoy the holidays, please enjoy this encore of a favorite episode of ours. We'll be back with new episodes in a couple of weeks, and you can always listen to any of our previous episodes and submit your own questions on our website, bigy.org. Welcome to The Big Why, a series from Montana Public Radio where we find out what we can discover together. I'm your host, Austin Amistoy. This is a show about listener-powered reporting. We'll answer questions, large or small, about anything under the big sky. By Montanans for Montana, this is The Big Why. For this episode, our Southwest Montana reporter, John Hooks, is back. Welcome, John. Thanks for having me. So what are we digging into this time around? The question this week is one I was well-situated for at my home base here in Butte. A listener wanted to know, what is the story behind the Pekin Noodle Parlor? Huh, well, I've definitely heard that name before, and I'm not even a Butte guy, so what's the story? The Pekin is an institution in Butte, which I experienced on a guided visit with the current owner, Jerry Tam. Hello everyone, this is Johnny from uh, Montana Public Radio, I'm just doing a quick talk. It's a Chinese restaurant on the top floor of this old building in Uptown, filled with these closed-curtain private dining booths. So the booths have all remained the same. We have wood columns to paint. But what's really significant about it is that it is the oldest, continually operating, family-owned Chinese restaurant in the country, kept running by members of the Tam family for over a century. Wow, that sounds like a really multi-generational effort. Oh, absolutely. But the story behind the Pekin is not just the story of this one restaurant. It's a story about the Chinese-American experience of a distinct, authentic culture and cuisine that was created in this chaotic mixing bowl of the American West. Well, consider me intrigued. How far back do we have to go to find the start of this story, John? We gotta go back to the late 1800s in Butte. Montana's largest city is Butte, the copper metropolis of America. Butte at this time is this bustling, packed mining city, and it's full of diversity, with much of its population made of immigrants from all around the world, including China. Butte's Chinese community was the largest Chinese community in the Rocky Mountain West, at about a thousand. And who are we hearing from there, John? That is historian and author Mark Johnson. Chinese settlers in the West were key to building the West. You know, the the American West is resource-rich and labor-poor. And so in the 1860s, they were actually welcomed in to help build the railroads. Recalling my American history classes here, I believe I'm right in saying that welcoming spirit toward Chinese immigrants didn't last all that long. Yeah, that's exactly right. After the railroads were built, sentiment among Americans largely turned against the Chinese for many of the same reasons that fan anti-immigrant sentiment today. The belief that they were coming in and taking up jobs that belonged to Americans. In 1882, America passed the Chinese Exclusion Act, which banned Chinese immigrants coming into the country to work manual labor jobs. Here's Jerry Tam again. But there was this thing called this chop suey loophole. Or if you own a business and you're migrated for your family to work the business in imports and exports and trade industries, 
You can come in. Jerry said that loophole meant Chinese restaurants started to pop up all over the nation at this time. His family started their restaurant back in 1911 with the noodle parlor on top and a complex of herbal medicine shops. This is uh, my dad's great-grandfather's, his medicine cabinet, and that's still full of everything. Gambling houses. This is where the money lies. <laughs> this is a casino cage oh. that connects the whole peak. So. And other enterprises on the floors below. What really captivated America was this thing called chop suey. And chop suey was primarily invented because it was just basically tidbits, leftovers of any vegetables they had late night. They would mix together and then spread over any type of noodles or rice. Once that popularity kind of took over, you would see, I mean, more Chinese restaurants than there were McDonald's, I said. And it wasn't just big business. Those restaurants became a really key part of Chinese communities in America. They employed people and they provided a crucial connection back home to China. I think that the creation of chop suey really epitomizes this organic formation of Chinese-American cuisine and culture as something distinct and authentic. This blend of cultures and techniques and ingredients that produces something entirely new. That fusion is at the heart of the Pekin, and it's emblazoned on the neon sign out front. So that is the origin story of the Pekin. My father came here when he was 14. His great-grandfather, um, Tam Kuang Yi, was business partners with a man named Hum Yao, who basically wanted to create noodle parlors. But then this chop suey craze happened. They cut on that bandwagon and created the Pekin noodle parlor. But the irony is, on the neon side, it just says chop suey. Wow, that's a pretty remarkable family legacy. They had to weather some pretty big bumps in the road over the last hundred plus years, I'll bet. 100%. If you think about it this way, the Tams have kept the Pekin going through two pandemics, two world wars, the Great Depression, and the shutdown of Butte's underground mines, feeding countless miners, families, politicians, and celebrities, and all the while maintaining a living, functioning connection to the history and origins of Chinese-American culture and experience in the West. Which is something that really hit home for me when I saw another menu from an old closed-down noodle shop in Butte. So this, this menu from the Mewa in 1925 is not terribly different than what Jerry Tam keeps alive at the Peking today. That's Pat Monday. He's a longtime Butte guy and is on the board of the Meiwa Society in town, which operates a museum dedicated to Butte's Chinese history in a building right down the street from the Pekin that housed a noodle parlor and a mercantile back in the day. So when you go to the Peking, you are not just eating a Cantonese or a Chinese-American meal. You are performing Chinese-American. It is a ritualistic reenactment, a performance. Mark Johnson, the historian and author that we heard from earlier, also spoke about the significance of having these physical connections back to the roots of Chinese-American history in Montana. I think the significance is a beautiful and hard-won continuity. You know, Helena at one point in time was 20% Chinese. There still are a few Chinese families around, but there's no brick and mortar places in Helena because of urban renewal and the, the raising of Helena's Chinatown. So in Butte, to have brick and mortar places like the Meiwa, where you can go in and see what it was like in a time capsule type sense is wonderful. And then also to have the Pekin to see 
that it's still operating, still serving recipes that were served more than 100 years ago is wonderful. And I'll bet the pecan means something a lot more personal to Jerry Tam. I think he feels a lot of pride in what his dad and his family have been able to provide for the community, the jobs that they've been able to offer, and the mouths that they've been able to feed. The best part about it is uh, my dad probably have provided over a thousand probably 5,000 jobs, you know, throughout this whole history, throughout the whole history of the Pecans. That's one of the better immigration stories, that to come here, start with nothing, and to be able to provide jobs so they can provide for their families. This place has always been open, welcomed, and it's it's now award-winning food, but back then it was just hot food, plenty of it, and comfort, and that's what Pecans been known for. Well, thanks for the story and the history lesson today, John. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now we want to know what makes you curious about Montana. And you can submit your questions right now online at bigy.org. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts and help others find the show by sharing it and leaving us a review. 